1: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Har- another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have a look at grain markets this week and yesterday's latest USDA outlook. The CFIB talks about farm labor shortages. Real Agriculture talks with market analyst Chuck Penner. Carbon emissions and fertilizer use remain a hot topic, and oil seeds could be under some price pressure. The farm weather's in
0: its usual spot at the... This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan
1: Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Grain markets this week were mixed. PI Financial Commodity Futures advisor Adam Pakalos says canola is showing some improvement, but spring wheat is reflecting some price pressure following yesterday's USDA grain report.
5: Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, January canola has been trading sideways to higher here recently. We did see a larger drop on Tuesday this week. However, we have started to recover a little bit from that, getting back to close to that $900 a ton level. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the trend has still been pointing down with yesterday the USDA coming out with some important numbers traders were watching. And as a result, we actually did see wheat on the Chicago side, decline about 22 cents a bushel. We're nearing $8 yesterday. And the December Minneapolis wheat uh, down about 12 yesterday at the close. So the report was actually more neutral to bullish. However, it seems that traders were leaning more on the short side and wasn't really stopping from adding to those positions. Steady exports and really good use kind of numbers have still come out. So there's really no major surprises necessarily. Uh, when it comes to the soybean side of things, the report was neutral to bearish yesterday. U.S. supply info was uh, a bit of a surprise, but getting a good reaction kind of by the funds so far with soybeans yesterday closing higher 5 cents uh, and soybean oil as well too that traders have been watching as it has been nearing some highs really not seen since last year. June, So that's something that traders will be seeing if we can see more strength in the soy markets, uh, if that might kind of spill over on the canola side a little bit more.
1: Give me some key details out of this USDA grains report.
5: Well, yields for U.S. corn and soybeans came up a little bit from last month, October's report, but still within the trade expectations. So corn yield, 172.3. The average guess was about 172. And U.S. soybean yield, about 50.2 bushels. And the trade average estimate was 49.8. So again, still very close. Maybe some other notable things. U.S. corn yield was up slightly from last month on a big increase in Illinois, actually, now at a record 215 bushels per acre. There's been some notable rises in Indiana and Iowa as well. And then on the U.S. soybean side, not much movement among the major states, though, again, overall yield was up a little bit slightly. The only reduction coming among the top 10 producers was actually in South Dakota.
1: That's Adam Pacallo, a commodity futures advisor with PI.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 C.A.R.M.
1: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch Eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasbourg. A new report from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business points to an acute labour shortage in agriculture. Meatpacking plants have highlighted hundreds of vacant positions across the country. The CFIB suggests near three-quarters of agribusiness owners are working more hours to make up for the lack of staff. Senior policy analyst Taylor Brown says the CFIB is urging governments at all levels to address these issues or risk Canada's food security.
3: As you highlighted, there are quite a lot of troubling areas that we've discovered through our recent surveys of our 6,000 agribusiness members all over the country. Um, Notably, you know, nearly three quarters of agribusiness owners are still working more hours due to labor shortages. And that's a high number, but, you know, the September 2021 results of that same question 95% of agribusiness owners were working more hours. So, you know, we're seeing a slight decline, but still, you you don't want three-quarters of our farm workers working more than they already have to due to labor shortages. Some other sort of alarming results, you know, nearly half are having to turn down sales due to labor shortages. They're having to decrease their service offerings. And, you know, they're looking more towards um, existing employees to fill in some of those hours as well on top of the hours that the business owners are working. And they're also looking at um, getting retired workers to come back and help them. I know across the prairies this harvest especially, a lot of the agribusiness owners that I talked to were relying on getting those retired workers back to help them get through harvest.
1: Brown outlines the factors behind the farm labor shortage.
3: These are chronic labor shortages. These are not, you know, just the result of um, the pandemic. And the pandemic actually are impacting labor shortages in a different way by increasing the cost of doing business and taking away funds that agribusiness owners would be able to have in order to invest in things that would help uh, relieve some of that labor shortage issues. It's really been trying to get younger individuals and you know different kinds of individuals into the sector itself especially if you don't have family to go into um, to help get you into the field. It's quite difficult um, in you know universities and colleges places where we need to build the skilled labor that agriculture needs you know, like that area is just not getting the attention it did, you know, 20 years ago. So we're seeing a decline in younger people who want to pursue that as a career. We're seeing, you know, more conglomerated businesses, you know, like the big business um, and, So all of those things are kind of leading to these labor shortages.
1: That's Taylor Brown, Senior Policy Analyst with the Canadian Federation of
0: Independence. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source. 620 CKRM.
6: This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at RealAgriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's get to the markets. And I know we're going to hit on canola for sure today. We're talking to Chuck Penner with Leftfield Commodity Research based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the show. No, good to be here, Sean. Okay, lots to break down in the markets as, as per usual. I, I guess if you stay at you know, 100,000 plus feet, Chuck, and, and you look at this market here right now, what's your read on it and the questions that you're pondering as you sit there in your, in your office and uh, maybe uh, really, really try to get the, the, the brain turning and trying to figure out what happens here over the broader term?
2: Well over the longer term one of the things that I've been trying to sort out uh, I hate the the type of phrase about well or it's a new era or a new paradigm or those types of things when it comes to prices but I'm wondering whether this is actually one of those times it's it's too premature to know for sure but if you look back for example at a long long term uh, Chicago wheat chart uh, wheat futures and you can see that there was an era where the prices where futures were generally bouncing around on either side of, of $2 a bushel. Uh, and then there was a point where it, that, that then moved up to about $4 a bushel. And we've seen then some, you know, of course, much stronger moves since then. But there are these kind of, from a long, long-term perspective, uh, sort of new, um, price levels, price ranges, those types of things so really what i'm trying to do is is figure out whether the uh, whether some of the prices that we're seeing in canola or or even the other uh, cash traded crops like barley and flax and and whatever whether these prices that we're in now are sort of a new era and it might be that time it'll it'll just take time to bear that out but when i look at uh, prices again for a lot of these crops People say, well, they're off the highs that we had last year, and and that's very true. But if you look back further, there's still exceptionally strong prices. So is that a new price structure or or something like that? So, for example, if you think about canola and and canola oil, uh, are the prices that you're seeing on the grocery store shelves uh, for a liter of canola oil now, are those going to be staying where they are or dropping and then do we work back from there to what impact does that have on canola seed prices so so is the new era of grocery prices baked in and and established and then does that mean that all of the inputs that go into that also at a higher price level and uh, and so on so it's, it's 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 there is the potential that we have actually uh, seen a new era in in crop prices uh, at the same time as uh, my brother told me many years ago, and this they saying has stuck with me is he said that he 's not really interested in high prices because, as you know that's what then then those high prices get baked into land prices and seed prices mm-hmm. and uh, and inputs and all of those types of things, so the margins end up shrinking back to, to where they were before anyway but but in the in
6: the meantime it's um, it's a positive situation now, Chuck. Though here's here's my concern about all that. Doesn't history tell us every time we start to use phrases like "new normal," <laughs> we were reminded with the harshness of of impact that that is never the case. Isn't it a trap?
0: Well,
6: I, I don't know if
2: never the case, Sean. Uh, again, if you look back at at some of these long term prices for for and, and, and the best ones are the, the U.S. futures. So wheat futures, corn futures, those types of things that yes, we're off the highs right now, but, but you can see these eras, different eras of where, where, $2 Chicago wheat futures were the norm and it bounced around a little bit on either side of that. Uh, or that was the, that was a bit of the floor and then that floor moved up to $4. And, and I think what's happening is that farmers have much higher price expectations and they need to based on the higher input costs and, and those types of things. So if farmers just stop selling and we see that in, uh, in some of these crops where farmers just stop selling and, and the prices move higher.
6: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at
0: realagriculture.com. Your agri weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM.
1: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call a hurry, Justin, or Devin at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 14. The low, minus 20. Wind chill, minus 20 tonight, minus 27 overnight. Friday, partly cloudy, wind southeast 20. The high, minus 14. Wind chill near minus 27. The low, minus 21. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high, minus 14. Evening periods of snow. The low, minus 14. Sunday, cloudy. 60% chance of flurries. The high, minus 11. The low, minus 15. Monday, cloudy. The high, minus 10. The low, minus 11. Tuesday, sunny. The high, minus 4. The low, minus 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy. The high, minus 6. Normal high for this date is zero. The normal low, minus 10. The sun rose at 8.04 this morning. It sets at 5.21 tonight. And currently, around the province... The hot spot is Cypress Hills at minus 11. The cold spot, North Battleford, at minus 23. Estevan is minus 12. Saskatoon, minus 19. Swift Current, minus 16. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 15. Cloudy in Regina, minus 18. That's zero Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest at 19. Humidity is 79%. The barometer rising, 1033 Fog and Moose Jaw, minus 16. Winds are from the northwest at 17. Once again, Regina, cloudy, partly cloudy, we'll say. And minus 18, that's zero Fahrenheit. Back- this spring, apply pre-emergent Edge
4: Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions
0: from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion
1: of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalauctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Reducing carbon emissions from fertilizer continues to be a major issue of discussion on the farm. At next week's Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities midterm convention in Saskatoon, 13 different rural RMs have put forward the same resolution, objecting to the federal government's 30% emission reduction target by the end of the decade. Andre Harp is the chair of the Grain Growers of Canada and a producer from the Grand Prairie region in northwest Alberta. Unless there are some major technology advances, Harp believes the 30% target is not
0: realistic. A 30% emission cut is, I think, fairly drastic. There's new technologies have to be made. We can't do this overnight. Uh, New technologies have to come out. You know, even some of the... uh, types of plants we grow. You know, we've heard of wheat that can make its own nitrogen, you know, like pulses. But we're going to need products like that to come up with a 30% emission.
1: Karen Proud is the CEO and president of Fertilizer Canada. She says a new study shows that a 14% reduction is possible by the year 2030 using current practices and technologies.
7: We funded it uh, along with the Canola Council of Canada and had researchers looking at specifically the use of the 4R nutrient stewardship program so this is a a program that farmers implement to uh, put in place best management practices for managing fertilizers on farm and and it's been around for over a decade
1: the challenge is to increase the area covered by these best management practices over western canada current utilization ranges from 10 to 25 percent of acres depending on region Proud says that number would have to be in the 28 to 50% range.
7: It's also important really to talk to the farmers to find out what those barriers are. Is it the need for more education around these practices? Is it the need for more availability of uh, programs or funding? Um, is it the ability to compete on the carbon market? Those are things that we Are sort of floating out there to the government, but really wanting to have that conversation directly with those who will be tasked to implement this, because it's only their thoughts that are going to help us shape a program that makes sense.
1: Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau is still reassuring farmers that the 30% target will not become a mandate.
5: I don't want to scare them with a target. I want to motivate them with a target. If it's not measured, it's not done. So we have to, you know, give ourselves a target and and measure the progress so we can really reach the greatest success at the end of the day.
1: The preceding comments come from the Grains West podcast, produced quarterly by Grains West magazine, which is published by the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions. Visit GrainsWest.com or your favorite podcast platform to listen to the full 39-minute.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CRM.
1: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingsupplies.com. The federal government has announced support of over $336,000 for a trade certification program for micro and small food enterprises. The funds will go to non-profit GS1 Canada to develop training tailored to small and micro food enterprises. The project includes learning modules and a virtual portal of resources specifically for them. GS1 Canada intends to equip at least 200 businesses across Canada with knowledge, tools, and experience they need for trade with different sectors, including the Grocery sector, distribution, and food services. Grain market analyst Neil Townsend says the latest USDA report has put pressure on oilseed markets. Townsend, senior analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions, outlines the factors. For the USDA baseline number, I
4: think the two things that sort of stuck out for me is you know we've been hearing sort of relatively optimistic tones around uh, oil seeds and uh, you know uh, canola oil and soybean oil with regards to renewable diesel the one thing about the data that the USDA put out was they really negated any of this growth that we've heard so much about uh, is it politics is that the reason they didn't kind of put that in there because you know the combination of the of, different legislations and the combating of inflation. I mean, all of the supports are in there for this renewable diesel. I mean, the airline industry wants to be flying on renewable diesel, you know, at the state level, a lot of stuff is happening on renewable diesel. So, you know, kind of looking at a relatively bearish, like longer term outlook for the oil seed space that the USDA put out on Monday versus, you know, sort of the accumulated knowledge that we have about the potential for that industry those things really didn't, didn't meet. I mean, I would tend to think that the renewable diesel is happening. It's going to be something that is going to be supportive of canola oil and supportive of soybean oil. And moreover, supportive of the consumption of those in sort of like a North American domestic context, which is, you know, the absolutely ideal situation for, you know, a farmer growing grain in Western Canada or in, you know, the, Midwest of the United States, just like ethanol, the more stuff that's consumed at home, the better those markets are.
1: Neil Townsend is a market analyst with FarmLink Market.
0: The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber.
1: Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose 2.80 at 863.72. Flax fell 10 dollars at 742.98. Number one red spring wheat went down 5.38 at 421.51. The rest unchanged. Durham 498.50. Feed barley 362.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Lentils 768.50. Oats 289.32, yellow peas 469.08, and feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December was unchanged at 9.38 and a quarter.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM.
1: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. We have two reports,
8: first from Moose Jaw. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland livestock area Moose Jaw. Due to some bad road conditions, we only ended up with 16 on, 100 on offer. There Tuesday pre start the good ones sold real well. We are full for the next week. These calves must be pre-booked. Don't just show up, please. Here's what happened. 426-weight black steers at 309 and 75. 491 bring 295. We sold 104 black and black baldy steers, 541. They came from Jared and Austin, Gurley, down south of the big city of Minton. Five forty-one at two eighty-nine seventy-five. We sold thirty-three steers heifers. I'm sorry, from Daryl Jensen out of the Rosetown country. Five seventy at two thirty-two. We are starting to take in a lot of the southern part of the province nowadays. The good cows seventy-eight to eighty-eight. One or two cows into the low nineties here on Thursday. Medium cows from sixty-eight to seventy-seven. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon.
9: And we have the latest livestock quotes. From Yorkton. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of November the 9th. Another good run here considering the bad weather and poor road conditions. Our producers kept hauling cattle Monday and Tuesday. Twenty five hundred head in the short, four hundred cows and bulls, twenty nine hundred for the day. This cow and bull market under pressure, selling to a lower demand. D one, D two cows, eighty five to ninety five sales to a dollar on some of these younger type cows. D3 cows, 72 to 82. Cows are averaging 81 and a quarter. Good bulls, 120 to 130. Bulls are averaging 115. On to the pre sort sale. Yesterday we featured our 7th annual Speckle Park Sale. Here are some highlights. 30 Speckle Steers, 460 pounds, topped out at 272. 32 Speckle Steers, 560 pounds, topped out at 248. And 22 Speckle Heifers, 525 they weighed, and they topped out at 204. On to the rest of the pre-sort sale on the steer side, 425-pound black steers, 320, 500-pound black steers, 299, 575, that's 279, 650-pound steers, 264, my favorite, pen, 710-pound red-black exotic steers, 258, 800-pounders, 240. On the heifer side, 425-pound black heifers, 261. 500 pounders, 243, 575 pounders at 235, 650 pound heifers, 229, 710 pound heifers, 218, and 800 pounders at 211. Last Friday at Harvest Showdown, what a fun sale that was. Selling 39 bred heifers. Listen up. Grand champion, Parkwood Farms, the Burkles. Their black heifers sold for $3,300. Reserve champion, MCS Mel Salverson. Black heifers topped out at 4350 a few other producers here, Dave Barron had his Semental Angus Cross heifer sold for $3,700. And Vern Schick, Angus Hereford Cross heifer sold for $3,700. A job well done to all at Harvest Showdown. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day.
1: And we have the latest
6: Saskatchewan hog report. Ham sold 7,300 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of $217 to $231 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,500 head, selling a range of $217 to $229 per CKG. Ham's normal sales this week are down, selling in the range of 56 to 63 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash flow price today is mixed before contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was down 22 basis points, with the daily exchanger at 1.3480. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.79 cents US. Today, the U.S. cash prices are mixed with the negotiated Western corn bill approving 33 cents, while the national form has pulled back 32 cents U.S. weight relative to the previous day.
0: Coming up, the- this is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
1: Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. Wall Street has surged after the latest data in the U.S. showed inflation cooled by more than expected last month. The S&P 500 jumped 4.1%, and the Nasdaq was also on track for its best day since early 2020, as traders took the data as a sign the worst of inflation has passed. The Consumer Price Index in the U.S. was up 7.7% in October from a year earlier, down from 8.2% in September to its lowest level since January. Core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy, was up 6.3% on an annualized basis, lower than economists had expected. The reading has raised the possibility that the U.S. Federal Reserve could decide to slow its interest rate hikes. Canada's main stock index was up more than 600 points in a broad-based rally, while U.S. stock markets also stormed higher. On the markets, the TSX is up 638 points to 19,982. The Dow has gained 991 points to 33,505. Oil has risen $1.35 at 87.18 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon.
0: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything a 620 CKR. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of
4: edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.